0: My father was in a band called Zoom. They were very like 70s uh, kind of parliament funk type of style band. Back then, like a band had like 20 people in it. (laughs) So he was a saxophone and piano player. And because of his influences from like gospel and Motown and funk, I listened to a lot of that. Uh, My mom is from Texas. And she grew up uh, in Mex. She's Mexican, so she's got a Latin culture. But she listened to a lot of like disco, like Donna Summer, and like a lot of um, Tejano music that's popular, Linda Ronstadt and Carlos Santana. And then she would also listen to like a lot of rock, like Poison and Def Leppard and stuff like that. So um, I got a variety of that. And then. When I was growing up in LA, I listened to a lot of stuff in LA, like R&B and hip hop. Um, that was out like Tupac and SWV, Jodice, Timbaland and Missy Elliott, Aaliyah, those things. So I literally got like almost every spectrum you could think of, which I really appreciate immensely now. Um, and obviously growing up, you don't really realize that you're just singing along, you know, to your favorite stuff or, uh, stuff that your parents listen to. So, yeah, I grew up on on soul music. I'll just call it soul music. <laughs> it's all soul music, you know. Blues, jazz, we all come from the same root. So, yeah. That's that's kind of my melting pot. And we still have all the vinyls my dad left. Um he didn't pass away, but you know, they separated. Uh he he has all these vinyls. I don't know if he intentionally left them or if my mom just kept them. <laughs> She's like, "I'm taking these, damn it. So yeah, they were uh, got a whole like a whole wall from top to bottom full of vinyls. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward now that we've got all this quarantine time. I'm gonna set up the vinyl in the studio and start spinning some of those.
1: This is musicians can thrive. A podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. I don't know if it was fate or just incredibly good luck that I happened to meet Kira Nova in one of my music business classes. Whichever one it was, my perspective on what my own career in music could look like is infinitely better thanks to her. A commanding presence on stage and a prolific songwriter, Kira is as sharp and clever as she is talented. A solo artist and one half of the hip-hop R&B duo Kaleidoscopes, today you're listening to the first half of a two-part episode featuring the Kaleidoscopes. One of the things I admire most is Kira's passionate drive to support local Indian musicians with her duo partner, Live. The Kaleidoscopes make an effort to give opportunities for paid gigs with an audience that's receptive to hearing new music because they trust the curators. This is where Liv and Kira Nova's Calico Entertainment comes into the picture. When did you know that you wanted to build a career as a musician? Like what got you into that?
0: I guess I knew like around, around. I knew like around s- seven or eight when I started really being able to, uh, you know, I guess experience and start remembering experiences. It's kind of like an age where you start acknowledging your feelings and things like that. So I did a lot of writing and I was grounded all the time. My mom was a single mom. <laughs> I know. I was a single mother and growing up in England, you know, you, you can find yourself in trouble or doing little things and she's like, I just was always grounded. So I think it was like one summer I, I had forged her signature in my report card and she found out and she got so mad. <laughs> Cause I had got like a C or something in math and I didn't want to show her. And so she grounded me for the whole summer. Like I'd never been grounded for like three months, like straight. Like I didn't leave. So I think I was about like nine years old at the time, like nine or 10 or something weird. And I just found myself like, dang, like I got this radio. I got, you know, I love to write. I just felt this urge to like, take it further and start recording myself, like singing at home in my room to my stuff or it's like my favorite songs. And because Mm -hmm. of that, I found myself like intrigued with the whole recording experience and like the whole side of like, Hey, like what do these artists do when they go to the studio and they start creating, like, what is that process? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm singing my heart out the whole summer. And of course she's like, ah, you're supposed to be grounded. <laughs> all I had was my <laughs> tape player or yeah, my cassette player. And it was probably a couple weeks later after that, a family friend of ours took me to a, we had a children's museum in LA where kids could go to and experience science and all kind of cool things. Children's museum, you know? So a friend of ours who kind of like, was like my father at the time, Jerry, he taught me how to sing, because he was a singer. So we spent a lot of time together. So he would teach me how to sing and like do kind of cool things. So we went to the children's museum and in the children's museum they had this recording studio which was so random. So I went in there and they're like, Do you want to sing a song or record? I was like, oh my God, I've never like done this before. This is so cool. Like this is this is awesome. So I got in there and I did it and I still have the tape. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it later. I pulled out my tape player. I have all these tapes I'm going to listen to. Um, and I'm singing Aaliyah, like, one in a million, because that was, like, my favorite song at the time. And I remember leading and holding that tape in my hand and having it and being like, this is the coolest experience ever to go and sing, get it recorded it and then, like, have it in your hands and you can play it for people to hear. And I remember just at that moment, I felt like, this is it. This makes sense. Like, this is just... This is what I want to do. I want to perform. I want to be on stage. I, I went home and I told my mom. And after that, she was like, all right. So she put me in, like, literally everything I could do that was dance-related, singing-related, being on stage and performing. So right around, like, yeah, nine or about 8 to 10 was, like, my real harvesting of, like, this is what I want to do.
1: That's amazing. I'm so glad your mom supported that.
0: <laughs> oh, me too. Well, she, you know, she experienced that with my father. My father and I actually a couple of days apart in birthday uh, and, and he's a big musician. So she just was like, I already know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: she kind of knew the steps that were yeah. needed to help you get down. Well,
0: too, I mean, I think it worked out because growing up in LA, like I said, there's just a lot of things you can get involved in. And she saw this as a great opportunity to be like, whoa, my daughter, um, let me get her active in things so that she doesn't get in trouble. Mm, Yeah. You know, so that she can, I think it's so important, especially in in the city growing up where in education, they take so much out of the education system and they take away from the arts programs. And back then when I was, you know, in the nineties, they had a lot of cool programs for kids to get involved in. And I went to the boys and girls club and that was one place where I learned a lot of just uh, able to just kind of, exude this energy that I had. So it's, I think it's just important to have a, an arts and creatives and space for children to do, because it really, it really was my savior. It saved me from a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can see how that made a big, big difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you say that you grew up in Inglewood? Yeah. Okay. This is a bit of a random side note, but I just recently started watching the Netflix show rhythm and flow Mm-hmm. And a lot of the LA rappers are from Inglewood. So I'm like just now learning what that neighborhood mm-hmm.
0: even means. Yeah, it's my, um, it's where I grew up, Hazel and And uh, yeah, like Snoop Dogg, and Dr. Dre, uh, obviously Ice Cube, Ice T, all the NWA. There's so many people out there that, um, yeah. <laughs> it's cool it's cool to be a part of a city that had so much to do with our culture movement and music
1: absolutely coming from a lot of history in yeah. addition to your dad's background. Yeah. Dad. yeah sweet so I have this vague memory of you telling me about being part of a girl group in LA when you were like a teenager or something
0: yeah. Uh, after like my mom putting me in all these performing arts groups, I found myself, she was like, all right, well, you know, there's all, at the time it was like girl group auditions everywhere. Cause Destiny's Child had just came out and everybody under the sun was like, I'm going to do a girl group. <laughs> and the Spice Girls, it just kind of fizzled out. So they were like thriving for this, like need to put a girl group out. It happens every like, 15, I don't know, 10, 15 years. We're due for another one. I know it's going to happen. Oh, God. (laughs) um, So I I was always in, like, group activities, like cheerleading and stuff like that. So I worked well with groups. And I liked collaborating and I liked working with people. And I liked putting together projects and having them performed on stage and giving people, like, an entertaining show. So I knew those aspects and elements were really cool. And that's kind of what a girl group kind of what a girl group I has to offer. So I found myself auditioning. And I auditioned for so many groups. Um and I did a lot of cool groups. And one group that stuck the most was Minx Mafia. Crazy name. Totally was like this, you know, RB pop group, international spice girl look with some type of r&b like like soul r&b mixed with pop vibe so the the producers of the group were was dalvin dalvin is um from joe to see which is one of my like biggest groups that i looked up to growing up listening to music so when i get older and i'm in a group now with one of the guys that I looked up to I was just like this is insane and all the other girls they were like a little bit younger and international and didn't really know so they're like a couple of the two of the girls definitely knew a couple of the girls were like I don't know and I'm like oh my god you guys I'm freaking out over here <laughs> I'm freaking out so uh, they put we put together like you know we had rehearsals we did the whole bit and everything. And then they had a tour in uh, 2009 that they were doing in Europe. Kind of a Valentine's Day, like, love tour thing that was only going to be, like, a week. So we got to go out there and we did Wembley Arena. It was like 20,000 people. Obviously, they were like, who are we? They didn't know us. But still, to be a part of it was like, whoa, that's amazing. yeah. We were opening up for them. So we worked with Joe. Joe was on that tour too. He was a really nice guy. I don't know if you know Joe, he's an RB singer. I don't wanna be a player no more. That guy. Uh okay, I think you <laughs> that. so yeah. It was really cool. It was a great experience. I got to go to Heineken Hall. We did Heineken Hall too as well. So it was a really short tour, but it was a great experience and that was my last girl group. Never never gonna do it again not that I'm you know I I encourage anybody to you know don't be afraid to try things within your industry you know what I'm saying if you're comfortable because I did learn a lot of great things and, and I made some cool friends so you know I got some good experiences too and and there's really there's a really cool thing with doing stuff in groups you know you get to meet different demographics and And you get to have different uh, people that you can invite into your world instead of just one group of people. You get different multitudes of people. So,
1: yeah. One of the things that I noticed when I first saw you and Liv perform together as kaleidoscopes is how freaking well you could command a crowd and work them and get them excited about what you're doing on stage oh wow
0: well, thank
1: you and I can Im- <laughs> you're so welcome uh, so <laughs> I can only imagine how doing that big stadium tour would have helped you sort of yeah. just yeah. hone that Meanwhile, skill okay. of performing and engaging people
0: yeah you know people are like and it's weird because people people have lately been asking like so what like like what is it? Like what do you what do you want to do, you know, with music? And my place that I've always committed to feeling so like this is where I belong is on stage. Ladies. Well, there's always two sides to the story, right Lou? So right now this is how I feel. What's <laughs> up? I feel like I've been giving you too many answers Allow me to machine to help her out I feel like, sing like. Like, I don't know how to explain the feeling of entertaining, being on stage, having a mic in my hand, and connecting with my audience, or dancing, or putting together, like, I grew up putting together shows, like, entertaining, entertainment, like, live entertainment. I took, you know, jazz, dance, uh, jazz, hip-hop, tap, you know, everything to, like, be able to incorporate this, uh, to to nurture the feeling that I had inside, which is being on stage and performing. It's just where I know I want to be. So um, when me and Liv got together and, you know, kaleidoscopes happened so fast. Like I never had like put a project and even in a group and everything in less than a year and then all this stuff like just happened. Um, So getting with Liv, like, I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't performed in a while. I had taken a hiatus for about like four or five years. I literally like went off the internet. I went off of everything. I just, just I couldn't. I just needed to get away. <laughs> it was just too much. Uh, yeah. So I took I took a break, and when I came back out here, I started over. So getting on stage with her was like my first time be, being on stage after like years, and it just felt like home. It felt like this is just where I need to be. So. Being with her too, as well, like I've seen her, her growth and her like confidence in herself evolve. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I love about Liv. Like she's always growing. She's always evolving. She's, and she always wants to, and she's always encouraging herself to it and others to. Um, so getting on stage with her was just like, it just felt natural. I didn't feel like I was like, all right. You know, and, and sharing a space with somebody, too. Like, I had just met Liv. Like, we didn't, we're, we're not, like, friends from, like, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, yeah. We, so um, being, upsta- being on stage is just natural for me. And I can do it with one person in the room or 20,000 people or a million people. And it's just, it, everyone's still going to get the same energy. Because I love being there. It
1: definitely comes through when you're on that stage. That's for sure.
0: Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. So, remind me, you and Liv met through a mutual friend.
0: Mm. We went to uh, ACC. Right. Okay. Went to ACC when I moved. When I decided to move and leave LA to come to Texas, I was like, all right, I got to do something out here. I can't just be having a job. I could do that anywhere. So um, my mom's like, check out the music stuff. So I started, like, flipping around, and I saw ACC had a music program, and I've done music programs before, and, you know, it is it is what it is. But ACC, when I went to the tour and all that, and I started, I was just like, this is an amazing program. You learn directly from everybody. You know how it is. You went to ACC yeah so um i had a friend in class i was in songwriting class and my friend eric he plays guitar really talented talented guitar player he um was like yo you know i'm in my audio class and i got this chick she's like really dope rapper man like you guys should really work together and i love when people do that i'm always like the, i'm i'm a big like person who does that because I love putting people together, and you know oh, this person's really great, or you really need this. Well, I know somebody who has that. Like, so <clears throat> when those moments happen, I'm like, oh, dope! This is going to be cool. So <clears throat> we had tried. Uh, he kept trying to like get us to interact, and mind you, I'd never seen the girl, so I don't know. And I probably passed her. <laughs> <laughs> I passed her a few times during school. I just didn't know because I'd never met her. So like, one day, one day we finally had a some time in class and he brought her by and he goes hey this is this is Livia I wanted you to meet her I was like oh that's what's up cool she's like yeah you know I'm working on some stuff and I might need to sing her and I'm like hey I'm down you know let me know what's up I'll do it cool so you know then scheduling and coordinating with everybody gets happens for what about like a week or two uh, so she comes over. She plays me like, hey, I got this song I need um, done. I said, like, cool. So I, uh, I put the verse. Uh, she she played her verses. I get in there, and um, I'm like, all right, well, I'm never, when I work with people and it's their project, I like to make sure that they're getting what they need. Uh, you know, it's, I get that you're supposed to do your part and just be the artist or whatever and put your touch on it. But it's also important for me to accommodate and, and give the artist what they're looking for so we're going through and she's like I just really want you to like sing this end really really powerful like can you even like just ah like let's just like get loud or something it's like cool so that was the end of Link Up I'm taking flight I'm out. after that I was like oh my gosh like we've got something really cool like we got a cool sound down here. so then we just yeah, we just kept like, okay, um, how about tomorrow? You got a day off tomorrow? Yeah, sure, come on by. I got some stuff. Cool, no problem. So one day turned into two, three days here, mixing four days, five days, whatever, week, two weeks, and then we're just playing each other's songs. Hey, I got this song. Oh, look, I just, I did this hook. You want to hear it? Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, what you got over here? Next thing you know, after that, we got like 10 songs. And I'm like, huh. Well, we could just put out a project that's called Nova and Live Free. Then it'd be like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, just two individuals who ha- who put a project together and whatever. But yeah. then people just started people started looking at us and it was like, you guys are y'all a group or what's going on? Like what's happening? Because I had a mixer at my house and we started. I invited Liv. She came through. She met everybody. Uh, we all started like talking about it. One friend in particular, MC Righteous, he was like, man, I should, really, you know. I should be like a group or something. Like I'm like, I don't know. Let's we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so after that, it just kind of happened. And then, um I'm not lying. We dropped the EP and then we just started getting... We had a great, great friend of ours, Levi. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Levi is a great friend of ours. Yes, you are. But Lunar, <laughs> he definitely like helped us big time. When we dropped our EP, it was South by Southwest last year. And... Mm-hmm. He was like, I got all these South by shows. You guys want to like come and just, anytime he had a show, he was like, come to this one. All right, cool. We'll be there. Come to this one. Cool. We'll be there. Come to this one. Cool. We'll be there. I think one time he went, it was at the Rio and it was on the rooftop. It was so nice. There was like Mm. two people in the audience. It was like my mom (laughs) her iPad. One other person. (laughs) But it was so much fun. You
1: know? That's amazing. It so the music fine. just flowed organically and then the group came out of that.
0: Yeah, the music, like, I don't know, it was just like, this energy, this little, it's funny when people think about when they create their projects or when you're creating your project, because it's literally like a time capsule, there's a lightning bug in this jar that you get, you know what I'm saying, this moment of time mm-hmm. where it's just like, lightning and you just, you just gotta take that, take that energy and write it, so we had, yeah, we, and, and we still have that, you know, so it's, it was, it's cool. It's cool to find that connection with somebody, you know.
1: Absolutely. I can see how your love for working with others really helps this go farther than, like, the initial thing could have been just two solo people Creating something together, but because you have that ability to be like, okay, we're going to do this as a sort of collaborative effort. We're going to bring in other people who can help us. Like, one of the things I was so impressed by was maybe six months after y'all first released your EP, you started booking shows and putting together a lineup of other people under Kaleiko Entertainment. And I thought that was the coolest thing
0: I'd ever seen. Yeah, thank you.
1: You're welcome. How did you guys start doing that? Like what brought that up?
0: Um, well we um so we after we did the EP, Liv had had a, had a friend of hers that she worked in worked with in Indiana named Nick Kluch and she's like, Yeah, he's really like he could really help out with you know getting some things together for us now that we've got the EP done and we've gotten some shows under our belt with because Lunar I literally it was like the universe like I don't even know how to explain it like it, the universe lined it all up like after our, our EP was done in between time when we were working on stuff Liv would go out a lot to like shows you know like she'd go out and like just talk to people in the network and so she'd keep be going to the shows and she'd see this guy Lunar and next thing you know like yeah you know, I'd come to a show and then the next thing you know like we all like start chopping it up and next thing you know like we're just constantly seeing this guy around at every show that like we go to so we build a connection with him so then he gets us back like I got all these shows for South by so it literally was like y'all are looking at it like yo they dropped their EP now they got like tons of shows <laughs> and it was just like so perfect and then we had the billboard so then okay so I'm kind of mixing in between some things but okay so when we got to the part of like, all right, now we've got people's attention, like people are watching, what else do we want to do with this? And me and Liv talked a lot about, you know, giving back, giving back to like our, our community. And I was like, dude, like I always wanted to do a Texas tour. Like if I have to just say Texas tour, like a mantra until it happens, then I will, because I know that's what I, <laughs> I'm not lying. I know that's what I came out here to do. Like when I met Liv, I said, we're going to do a tour. It's going to be a Texas tour. It's going to be our... Calico Entertainment. It's gonna have our uh, acts on there that we want, our friends, local acts, like our like we're doing this. This is gonna be our thing. And Liv's mentality matched so perfect with my vision because, and that's a lot of how it works. Because I'll say like, "Yo, I think this," and like her mentality is like, "We're gonna put our name on everything." Like her mentality is like, "We are the shit." You know what I'm saying? Like we're the, we're it. we're the beginning, last metal, and everything. We don't you know we don't need. Not saying we don't need, but she's very like, and I love that about her because that's that brings that like confidence, that like, like where this is us. We can do this. We don't. We don't have to outsource. We can look inside, and I, and that's always what I wanted to build. So mm-hmm. you know, combining those two together, and then with Nick, his ability to take what we visualize. And what we want to do and be like, all right, boom, how's how we're going to do this? He'll go to the drawing board with my mom, who's also like involved and they'll get together and then we'll all get together and start drafting these plans. And we make it really important to let um, them know that our biggest, what our biggest goal is. And our biggest goal when we did our first Calico Fest was to get our friends on stage and to give them a platform and to put money in their pocket. And that's Mm. what we want to do with Calico. Calico Entertainment is about getting artists on stage, local artists on stage, putting money in their pocket, and getting them the exposure that they need. And to do it, having a fun time, you know. Our first Calico Fest was really good. It was at Flamingo Cantina. We had our own DJ. We had catered food. We did a raffle. You know, we had a host, Dalla, Our friend Dalla hosted we had a line, nice lineup of performers. Um, one of our friends that we that we work with really closely, Drew Imani, she's been like, whew, that girl's been like just lightning bolt herself. You know what I'm saying? Through all of this process as well with us. So the desire to help is because we just, I, I genuinely care and I know Liv genuinely cares giving back. You know, there's, there's so much for all of us to have and, I think that if, if we have a platform, then, then other people should have one too. You know, it doesn't take much to be like, Hey man, you want to come perform with us? And that's, that's actually how it happened with us. If it wasn't for Lunar to be like, Hey, you want to come perform? <laughs> then, you know, we, who knows? It made it, made have been, it would have been a little bit different, you know? So, um. That's that's kind of our, our our goal for Calico and this Texas tour is the biggest thing and we were ready to plan our second Calico Fest. It was going to be a Kenny Dorham it's got a nice lineup, but then you know we have this incident with the world happening, which hopefully we'll just uh, get to move past this and get the Texas tour going and the next Calico Fest. <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
1: that's amazing. It sounds like just that same approach that you've had from day one of how can I help other people and how can other people help me? That sort of, you know, like a rising tide lifts all ships kind of mentality. Yeah, It seems like that's what's helped you keep this going in a way that just builds momentum exponentially.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think too, keeping in mind, like, well, we like to keep in mind of, um, our core values, like when things come up or like, you know, opportunities may persist or if there's an idea that we have that we want to do, uh, as long as we keep our core values, like, you know, we respect each other. We make sure that we are communicating with one another. You know, we make sure that if things feel like it's getting negative or things feel like it may not be going in a positive direction we'll just x that out and and move to the next thing you know because we want to keep things fluid we don't want we and and that's kind of just how kaleidoscopes has been running kaleidoscopes has always been like hey man we're all about like chill and no drama and even within me and lives own dynamics if it gets like whatever we'll be like ah, we'll come back to this and take a break (laughs) because first and foremost is love and respect so
1: yeah i think there's a lot of wisdom in that that's Badass. So, just out of curiosity, how do the logistics for these shows that you put together work out? Like, do you pay the venue to book the show, and then each artist gets paid based on ticket sales, or do you get a sponsor? How does that work
0: for um, with it with regards to like our like Calico Fest when we put it on? With that one in particular, we found the venue and the venue was charging just a very low fee or a fee that was within our budget, we'll say. And we basically had to raise money on our own to put into. So what we had to do is say basically like, oh, you know, we want to do this show. It's going to cost us X amount of dollars. All right, cool. Some of the money uh, that we made from like doing little gigs went into that pot because we we just started we didn't have anything Ooh. so <clears throat> some of the little money we made we put into the pot and then we took how would you say we took basically like we took a slight we I don't want to say a risk but we we basically had to like put in money that maybe, you know, you might be like, oh, you don't know if you're going to see this in return, but you know, it's going to return in a different way. So it was an mm-hmm. investment, you know, it was just an investment on all of our parts. And um, when we got to the venue, basically whatever money we made off the of ticket sales and the bar, we would put into the pockets of the artist So like our first Calico Fest, you know, we were able to pay the DJ. We were able to pay all the artists money, We were able to even walk away with a little bit of money for ourselves. And then when we did the Chicago show, that was a blessing because when we were out in Chicago, we had only had, I think the one show lined up, but Olivia's brother did some work at a brewery and made a connection with the manager. We set up a meeting while we were out there and was like, Hey, this is just kind of what we'll need. And next thing you know. We got another show while we were out there. So we were able to book two more shows while we were out there that put money in our pocket that allowed us to put money in the bank so that we could then take that money and make our Calico show. You know Mm. what I'm saying? So it's like, it's an investment. And the best way that we try to make sure that artists get money in their pocket is to Definitely we have to do ticket sales, but we don't make it to where it's like, oh, you have to mandatory sell these tickets or dot, dot, dot. Like it's not a pay to play thing. Yeah. So that's also another thing, like when it comes to like us looking for Calico Fest uh, locations we like to work with venues or locations that are also wanting to make more traffic for themselves or, you know, foot traffic for themselves or more business for themselves. Or, um, you know, it's kind of, we go by vibe too. like Tenny Dorham's was a great place. It's outdoors. The owner and uh, one of the other girls that we're working with over there, we came up with a really cool, you know, theme that we could do and the percentages were great. And that was that, you know, so, um, It depends. It depends on the venue that you're working with. But like I said, our goal is to always put money in the artist's pockets. And sometimes that may mean that being a company, you may not always, you're not always going to get the money in your pocket. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's okay. But, but we also know that we're not going to have to every, uh, how would you say? We also know when to take our losses or not to take a loss, you know, like, Oh, we may have gotten a show hit up or got hit up about a show, but it's like, Oh, well, is that going to really benefit us if we have this show coming up later that we have to pay artists for, you know what I'm saying? So we kind of just decide and make some decisions on what's going to be the best move for Kaleidoscope and Calico and for the artists themselves. Um, and plus a lot of the artists that we're working with, too, they are they see the vision as well, you know? They see mm-hmm. the vision. So it's, it's not like they're expecting a million dollars. But um, we do like to give at least the platform, the exposure, just some type of encouragement, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I can see how it definitely makes people feel like what they're doing is worth their time. Even if it's not like the most impressive sum of money, if you're doing something that has both value in terms of the audience that you're able to pull together for an event and you're making an effort to give them a show where it's not pay to play and they can get money in their pockets to either invest in their own music like you guys invest money back into your music or just pay their bills. I can see how that's a really valuable dynamic.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, it's about encouraging one another. So if that if that helps, and that's kind of, that's what our goal is.
1: Yeah. Well, I for one think it's amazing, and I love the Kaleidoscopes' music, and I love how you're sort of creating this brand of like, okay, if you like the Kaleidoscopes' sound. We're going to curate this lineup of people that we trust and respect and odds that you're going to like that music or hi, because you like our music. Right. Super cool. We've made it about halfway through the show, and we're going to have a quick pause. Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. There are three things you can do that would be super helpful, though. Whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, subscribe. Share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. Text it to them, email it, or post it on social media. Lastly, if you're feeling extra generous, leave a quick review on your favorite podcast platform. All you have to do is just put those stars. don't have to add anything else unless you are feeling like you have something else to add. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. do find ourselves in the midst of this very, very strange time (laughs) where there's this virus going around and you guys had shows booked for South by, Music Week, that got cancelled and who knows when the venues are going to reopen. How are you and Liv sort of adjusting to this? Are there things that you're thinking about doing as... Like alternative sources of income for performances.
0: Well, we were at that place where um, we're really just starting to pick up getting more money for our shows. <laughs> so, which is really interesting. Yeah, we were. We literally like, oh man, the universe is funny. We've. we've We'll ask, and the universe will definitely bless us, and we're so grateful. That's why I'm very curious to see what is going to happen because we we had some shows lined up, and they were great paid shows. And due to everything that's happening, um, it's definitely hasn't freaked me out. has it been like you know, music's never going to go anywhere. The industry's never going to go anywhere. This industry's not. Music literally moves the world. Yeah. We've had world wars happen and the music industry boomed off of that because people talked about the war and saying about life and music. You know what I'm saying? Like their experience. Yeah. So, um, for kaleidoscopes right now, I think we're in a phase two where we're creating new music and we're also individually creating our stuff. So, I think that. Because this is such a shocker uh, and right now we're in this hopeful state that like things are just going to go, blow over and we'll just get to go back to what we want to do. I've found different avenues uh, and ways to make money within the industry. And that's, that's for like me and my writing. Like I love writing. So um, that's just something that I'm going to keep pursuing continually do for kaleidoscopes i don't know that's a good question i mean i know that we are in a place where we could take advantage of like the social media aspect of it um i did talk to liv about maybe doing a um, like a little mixer but because we can't congregate <laughs> i don't know i don't know how we are going to be able to pull this off so um that's a that's a yeah. tough one that's a tough one i think because two <clears throat> we were kind of like in the middle phase of like I'm still in the beginning of the middle phases of getting colitis calico off of its feet and the second calico fest definitely would have like pushed us into that so and I like I said I would love to do something you know we could do remotely or you know live off streaming or something um but getting us together has kind of just been a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Totally so I know that there's different sites um, that me and her are going to be touching on like Mixer. Mixer is a really good site. Lunar told us about Mixer. That's a great way to get interactive with people and start getting like, you know, some brand ambassador thing going on. You're going to have to start really branding yourself. So that's kind of where things are landing. Uh, I'm looking into you know, maybe reaching out to doing some um, with some fashion lines or people who need, you know, faces to wear certain things. Like if you're an artist and they may need you to speak about their certain product or something. So I'm looking for like brand ambassador type of stuff. Maybe I can kind of get into to kind of help with making some type of funds. But, you know, it's a tough one. It's a tough one.
1: I can see how... Doing the brand ambassador thing could help fill in the gaps temporarily, though.
0: Yeah, for sure, especially because you know, with we, me and her are both female. We're both in, um, uh, inter- uh, Excuse me, mixed races, uh, interracial, and we both have two totally different like vibes though, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was I was thinking for Liv, like, you know, she could get a she likes to wear really cool t shirts. She could get with a really cool t shirt line and do something. Or, you know, I like to, you know, I don't know, wear cool makeup or something. I could get with a really cool makeup line and do something. Or there's a certain hair product or nails or t- I don't know, anything, any of that. But branding I think maybe that's the answer. Focusing on the branding part and the music and getting because everything's so visual now everything's like just in your hand and visual you know Mm
1: -hmm. i can definitely see how that would pay off in the long run too Mm -hmm. i don't believe that it's useful to sugarcoat what's happening right now in the world for many of my peers and myself this is unlike anything we've ever lived through before And for many people that rely on being able to serve other people, whether it's through performing music, or performing dance, or a theater show, or serving food in a restaurant, all of those situations predominantly happen in large social gatherings. And right now, that's not an option. So what do we do instead? How can we make the money that we need to survive? So watching this challenge unfold and seeing how people are put in very hard situations has honestly been one of the most difficult parts for me personally as I experience the COVID-19 pandemic. So... In the absence of being able to make money from live shows, in the midst of big festivals being canceled and world tours being put on pause, how do musicians and other creative people make the money that they need? Personally, I've been humbled again and again in these past few months by how lucky I am to have the luxury, honestly, of having a remote job, a job that I genuinely enjoy, and it doesn't have to be from home, from home, but in a case like this, it translates easily to that situation. Having that job has enabled me to have a level of resilience, despite the big changes going on around me that my income and my sense of security as a person in the world right now probably would not otherwise have. Not that long ago, I, like many of my musician friends, was also working as a server before I had the job I have now. And if I was still working as a server, I would probably be in a bad place right now. So the point of all this is to say that maybe what Kira Nova is suggesting is not exactly for you. Maybe being a brand ambassador is something that you don't know if your audience is big enough for yet. Or maybe you're not comfortable promoting products that are not related to your music to your audience but there are so many ways that you can make money for yourself in a remote environment as a musician and I would love nothing more than to help all of us together share those ways so that people who need help to get the income they need they can figure it out they can lean on people to carry them through so, as we collectively navigate our way through this, one of the things that I've heard about a lot is how Twitch is a fantastic streaming platform. So, you might think, oh, that's for gamers, right? But you can use it as a musician, and it makes it really easy for listeners to tip you. One of the best parts is they gamify it, so people can kind of feed off of each other's energy. If one person tips you they'll show that on the screen and then another person goes you know what I want to give you the same amount or more because I know that you cannot go on tour right now so I'm going to give you the money this way instead and that's just one example and Kira has laid out several useful examples here as well that maybe you can use and if so that's fantastic Tell me more about your solo work that you're doing as a writer and a collaborator on other people's music. And do you, I assume you're going to have some songs of your own coming out soon, or rather, I
0: hope. <laughs> yeah. So the solo stuff is going to be, well, And as of now, I've definitely put out some collabs in the last like two weeks and I've been collabing with people always because that's just something I like to do. As far as, um, you know, solo stuff goes right now, I'm going to be releasing a dance project. Um, something that I've always done. That's how actually I started writing, um, was dance music with a friend of mine named Hillary Bernstein. She taught me so much. This was in LA. We used to just, uh, demo right for like Kelly Clarkson and Rihanna and all these uh, amazing artists at the time, and it's just Damn, girl. I know. Why am I saying that they picked it up? But I mean, you know, the, the attention that—that's the team we were writing for was for <laughs> for them. It wasn't like Rihanna was like right in the house or right here, you know. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it was so cool. So uh... <laughs> I don't want to downplay, but yes, thank you. <laughs> so then. So we came up, we have all these songs or whatever that we were working on and whatnot. Working with Hill got me really, like, got the writing bug going in me. So um, I, I decided, I guess, through all of that writing with her, I'm like, dang, like, you know, I, I really like this dance sound. I think I really want to, like, kind of just focus and, and just hone in on that. And I did that for a couple years, and it was great. Uh, worked with a company called Position Music which was through Hillary. So I did like some placements like on So You Think You Can Dance and Jersey Shore and uh, America's Next Top Model, Shameless, stuff like that. Um, that really got me the writing, like I the writing bug. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you could write stuff and then like it could go on TV and film and like you get paid for it. That's really dope. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I got to like keep doing this. So um, I just... I'm in that place now, you know, still of, of accomplishing that. Um, after that had happened, that's when I did the girl group stuff and et cetera, et cetera, and things just kind of took a turn. So, um, I'm back into that element right now where I'm going to start writing for specific artists then I'm working with uh, in relation to I guess you'd say uh I do have um a couple people that'll hit me up like hey can you you know write this hook write this verse or can you write this idea for me and I'll do that and I do get compensated for for that as far as um releasing Kira's stuff that's coming it's coming really really soon uh, I had a whole plan mapped out for <laughs> for the spring release, the show, and everything, and just things got delayed due to this crisis we're having. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I got a couple videos under my belt that I'm editing right now for that. I'm also still going to be putting out my R&B stuff, so that's going to be fun. I've got, I've already have it mapped out. I've got my three projects, so I'm busy for the rest of the year. I have, I'm, yeah, I've got three, I've already got the three projects, the songs, I gotta get the visuals, and I gotta, but I'm not obviously gonna drop them all three at the same time. <laughs> but they're, yeah. they're, they're literally like years of work that you kind of just like condense into one piece of, uh, art that you want to provide for people. So it's been a it's been a collection of things that I've just been feeling and going through. Uh, the dance stuff is super fun. It's got you know a different sound. People are probably gonna be like, "Why do you have auto tune?" Because it's a sound. People, it's just a sound. It's just a vibe. I never understood why guys can do auto tune and why girls can't. It drives me crazy. Like T-Pain could do a whole album of auto-tune and it's like, that's so dope. And then like (laughs) Rihanna or Beyonce puts a little auto-tune. Oh, she got auto-tune on her voice. It's like, you guys, please, please let us live.
1: (laughs) It's like just another instrument at this point. You might as well have
0: some fun with it. Just let it be. Dang. So I got a whole auto-tune dance project for y'all. Hope y'all are ready. I'll be listening. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like really bad. It's just a, it's a robotic dance feel, you know? Um,
1: Yeah. You're going with the vibe of the song you're creating.
0: Yeah. That's really what it is. Uh, A lot of it too. Like you get so caught up in creating. You're like, Oh, are people going to like it? Or, Oh, is this what they want to hear? I'm just putting out what I am feeling. And if you like it, then you like it. Like, I'm not a typical artist when it comes to certain ways that I do things, I guess. I don't know how to explain that in a sense. It's like, I don't know. I I just create, I'm a creator. I'm just a creator. I just create stuff. I I, I have a mixed feelings about the word artist. So I just use the word creator. creator.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I think that's a fantastic word. I'm right there with you.
0: Thank you. So yeah, I got, uh, some live sound r&b stuff i'm gonna do then i got the dance stuff and then i got some stuff too Uh it's gonna be my production so that'd be cool
1: it's fantastic
0: yeah i'm excited i uh, got some features um a couple of features for on the singles that i'm gonna be releasing i have this one single um I'm most likely going to drop in two weeks. So that'll get the ball going in two weeks. So in two weeks, just be ready to hear something.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Well, by the time I release this interview, your single will probably be out. So I'll definitely link to it in the show notes. When you've gotten songs placed on shows like So You Think You Can Dance, do they pay you sync royalties or just how does that work? I'm not super familiar with that process.
0: Yeah. What I ended up doing, because I was new to the whole process when I just started writing. So what they did is they set me up. They're like, you got to get your BMI. So you do that. Fine. Or ASCAP. Okay. And then they're like, you may want to open your own publishing company. And I'm like, all right. Well, Why? They're like, because you don't have a publisher. So you can act as your own publisher. I'm like, that's cool. So I started G Money Publishing. So then when I get my royalty statements to sent to me from Position Music, you'll see like, it'll say like Google, or excuse me, not Google, it'll say like YouTube, Spotify, like what the actual platform is, where it was spinned at, like I don't know, Australia, Germany, or Korea, wherever. And then it'll tell you how much percents like, of the dollar that you get for that each spin. So it's a synchronization royalty. So you get, it's like a, it's, it, yeah, it's your, it's basically like your percentage of the song that you get for whatever time it spends. So like one song in particular, I didn't write, but he, the producer, was like, "You know what? You're so cool. Like, I'm still gonna give you some percentages of, of that, anyways." So he gave me like a couple pers, like a couple percentages off of the song, anyways, just to give it to me. But uh, yeah, it's 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 like if you were gonna get any other type of, well, not any other type of royalty, but a sync royalty because it's through TV, film, and those are synchronization royalties.
1: That's fantastic. So okay? And then the songs. where where you're like featured on the track or you co-write do you just do the writer royalties for those
0: oh i get writing and i get performing
1: oh right sorry because you're (laughs) recording on the song yeah that's really awesome i love how you have all these different streams rolling together
0: well yeah and that's something that a friend of mine, a couple people in L.A., like when I was in L.A., they taught me, they are like, man, you're going to want to get on your publishing. You're going to want to get your own publishing company started. You're going to want to make sure that you you come in as your writer. You come in as a writer and your publisher, you're, you're collecting 100%, I think they said, something like that. So I remember hearing the advice back then, and I was like, all right, and I just went along with it, and I'm really happy I did because I get to collect as a publisher and as a writer. hmm
1: Pays off double.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you end up getting your 50% instead of 25.
1: <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot of difference when it starts adding up.
0: Yeah, and plus, too, you know, you get to put it on your resume. People ask you, like, what
1: have you been doing?
0: Oh, I got this going on, that going.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Building up that personal brand. Here's my repertoire as a creator.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Has there ever been a time where you didn't want to be a musician? Where maybe you started questioning if you wanted to be in this industry?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: How did you move through that?
0: Well... I know at one point I was just like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. It's too stressful because somehow I have to manage to get a degree in school, be some type of lawyer, attorney, doctor, dentist thing, something my mom wants me to be or your parents want you to be so that you could be successful under the eyes of society. And somehow I managed to create music, really good music, not just music, but really good music people are going to like do music videos, go to the gym, look pretty, and in shape, be conscious, be aware. All these things all have to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. all at one time at the same time. And that can tend to just like make you want to snap and just be like, what am I supposed to do? What am I – like there's times where I've had conversations with God and I'm like, is this a joke? Did you just give this to me so that I – did you give me a talent to sing or to do whatever this is that I – have the ability to do, so then I could just be like, ha, ha, here's a little joke for you, (laughs) so you could just, like, be tortured through your life. Uh, Sometimes it feels like that, but um, the way I work through it is, honestly, like, I have to literally, like, I'll have to talk to my higher power, just like, what am I supposed to do? I had the conversation last night, actually, because I was like, I just don't, I don't know, sometimes you get this sense of, like, Uh, anxiety, like, oh, I should have already been there. I've already should have done this. Or why isn't this happening? And I have to tell myself that when I'm not doing music, I'm really not happy. Like, I'm I'm not happy when I don't do it. Or Mm -hmm. there's times when I've tried not to do it or just, like, leave it alone or whatever. And I still find myself either playing or writing or singing or something with the music business that finds myself like I get myself involved in anyways. So I tell myself, you know, I have to remind, I have to take those times when I feel like that to reflect on what I have accomplished to remind myself, well, okay. You know, you have accomplished these things or you you do, you know, have this uh, effect with your audience or these people or these things. And then I just have to go back to the drawing board and just take a breath and breathe through it. Because I know that, I can't not let, I can't leave it alone. You know, there's this pressure of, you know, you gotta get a degree and you gotta go be something right away, right now, just because that's what you need. Cause it's going to pay your bills. Cause music doesn't pay your bills. Everybody says that music, entertainment, acting, that doesn't pay your bills. They're not saying that though. When you get that big paycheck, that one hit, even though it made it take you 25, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had to be comfortable as well like I had to I had to stop putting that pressure on myself I had to be comfortable within my space and my time that I'm doing things people we we tend to get frustrated with the industry because we have this idea that everything needs to happen right now yeah if it doesn't happen right now if somebody doesn't like your picture that you posted and and you don't get like 100 likes today you're gonna like you're gonna have this complex about yourself oh my god <laughs> You know what I'm saying, and it's like, what the hell is that about? So, I I have to remind myself of like, you know, the environment. The industry is always the industry will f- fluctuate with the environment, you know, or your perceptions and, and, and feelings will go with your environment, your emotion. So I have to I have to remind myself, like, man, like you're tripping. You're just in your feelings right now. Take a breather, step back, and and approach it. That's what works for me. I don't know what works for everybody else, but for me, that's what works. And I had to tell myself, all right, you really love music. You really like creating. What parts of it do you like? What parts of it can you apply to in a career? So that's Mm -hmm. when I started thinking about doing business management for my next degree. Because if I can go do business management, then I can learn ins and outs about how to really operate and run any type of business in any industry. And then I can open up my record label and I can open up the entertainment company that I want to do where I can throw my own parties and events for artists, things like that. You know, so I had to start mapping out other ways to make money in an industry that I love because I can't give it up, you know, and even the performing on stage, I'm not giving up on my Texas tour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know what or how or or whatever, but I know Texas tour is going to happen. And, That's is all I know, you know,
1: Painland, so whatever. for
0: those that.
1: <laughs> I believe in you. You will make it happen.
0: Oh, I believe in you. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like those moments, people feeling like, Hey, I'm, I don't know if I can do this, or am I down the right path? The fact that you're asking means that you're already on the right path. You know, like if you didn't, if you weren't in the right direction, Then you wouldn't have a sense of asking for more direction. Mm, You
1: know, like a powerful distinction. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I just i'm just sitting here processing everything that you said, and I just really resonate with it because I feel like getting in that place where we're stuck over what we think should be happening prevents us from being able to go, okay, I have all these things available to me. Here's the next three to five moves I can make. Yeah.
0: It's
1: really cool. Well, I guess one of my last questions is you did move from LA to Austin.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And LA is considered a pretty big, music city like that's a place where people would move to
0: mm-hmm.
1: so in your experience how much does it matter where you live in terms of your ability to build success as a musician whatever that means to you
0: it's a really good question I think that um in some cases I guess demographics matter when you're trying to move to the next position after you've already created something like some people before they've like know their space in the space where they started, they try to go find themselves in another space, but it's like trying to build an old house with new or a new house with old bricks. Like you, where you are in your center of your place, like that determines your success. You're creative. You know what I'm saying? Like, so people are like, oh, well, you know, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, that's the place to do country music. You can do country music anywhere. That's the place to take the music that you have inside of you to make your country music successful because they have a blueprint out there for musicians of that industry to work. But you going out there thinking like, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make some dope music and like create this whole like, uh, experience from scratch, like, you can create uh, nostalgia, you know, like moments of like, wow, this is so cool. But your 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 writings, your melody, your sound, that's already inside of you. That's not gonna come out and be a success just because you're in a successful state where music thrives. So when I was in LA, music it's a big you got Capital Records, you've got Sunset Sound, you've got Interscope, you got everything of it. Can you meet people? Hell yeah, you can meet people. Can you run into celebrities all over the place and just chop it up? And maybe you might talk to the right person and just happen to like, hell yeah, you can. Hell yeah. But being in LA doesn't make you a star. You know, um, being in Texas doesn't make you the coolest like hippie indie artist just because you're in Texas. And that's where all the cool hippie indie artists come from. (laughs) And I'm saying like, that's not, that doesn't make you, it doesn't make you, you make your own space. So now I will say this being, uh, in Texas and having, being, having come from LA, Texas has so much support for local anything out here that when it came to doing music and being a local artist, I've never received so much love and support. I was just like, dang, this is amazing. Like, this is so cool. You could come out here. And be a star. And people were like, you could do that in LA. I'm like, I don't think you guys get it. I didn't know you can't. <laughs> you, really? you, you literally have to be like Jimmy Iovine's cousin. <laughs> then you're a star. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one cares about local artists in LA. I shouldn't say it like that. I shouldn't. Say it. I know they do. I, I take that back. There are, there are some dope LA local artists. I just wish that in LA there was a place for local artists to, to, to shine. Like in Texas, there is. You can go anywhere. You can put up a pop-up show anywhere and you'll get people who are like, I don't know who those people are, but I rock with them. I'm going to buy your shirt and your buttons. You guys are cool. You know, So it's just, I think, the element of people are a little bit different too. But um, I will say this, that uh, when I take a blueprint, take your blueprint, your vision, and, and look at where you, look at your favorite labels and your favorite producers, look at your favorite artists, see where they come from and then decide if that's where you want to go. That's another way, you know what I'm saying, of doing it. There's a there's a specific sound. Like Miami has a specific sound. New York has a specific sound. Those places have specific sounds that you can, uh, you find that and you can go to that place with your sound and create and boom there. Then, yeah, that's a success. That makes sense. But just to be like, oh, I want to be a musician. And I know that like, all the stars come from this place. Let me go to where there. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You could you could get eaten up alive like that, but that's because I'm from LA, and that's just how people work in LA. They'll see somebody <laughs> like that, they'll be like, "That's a guppy. Eat him." <laughs> no lie, eat him up. Lunch.
1: Yeah, I can see how it just it makes a bigger splash in a sense if you're focused on doing the most that you can where you're already at.
0: Yeah. And then you, you know, then you, then you say, all right, cool. I got what I can from here. You know, what's, what's, there's, and there's people too who do this, and uh, do this thing. Some people in the business, they do a thing where they'll set out, all right, cool. I just finished this, I finished my product. Boom. Great. I got like this dope ass CD. I got some visuals. I got some videos. Boom. I'm going to go to Texas, LA, New York, Miami, Texas, LA, New York, Miami, Texas, LA, New York, and they do a trip just like that for three months and they'll go Mm. once once a week to these different places and just meet different people and have different meetings and just keep hitting it hard every, just to those four, I forgot what they call it, something they call it, but they hop around and then they just hit the radio stations, hit hit, hit, hit every month. And you keep seeing this person. They're like, where does this person come from? Do they live here or what's going on? (laughs) How do you know, you know, all of a sudden you start making connections and, Connecting the dots. The next thing you know, does it really? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It Mm -hmm. it matters, but then there's like it doesn't matter. Like I I don't want people to. I don't don't want people to feel like oh, you're in some small town, you know, in Des Moines or whatever, wherever they have little tiny towns like that, and you feel like oh, I'm you know I'm working at McDonald's, and you know how am I going to get a ticket to L.A. or how am I going to get a ticket to Miami or," or whatever because that's where I have to be. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a hard that's a hard life. But I want those people who are who are there in those situations to know, like you you don't need you don't need to go somewhere else to create your creative space. That's all I'm saying. But if you got it, I get I get that sentiment. I get that. I do get that. Where it's like you got to get out of this place to make it.
1: Mhm. I think also that being able to take that strategic. Circuit approach where you go, okay, for a short period of time, I'm gonna go appear in these places consistently. Yeah, that's a way to do it without making the big commitment of moving your entire life,
0: right? That yeah, exactly, yeah, you can just kind of fill it out a little bit and see. It. And for me, like, I don't know, for me, when I left LA and I came here, I was like, dang, I, I feel like I made it. And people would be like, that's so opposite. Like, you're supposed to make it in LA. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I did some great things out there. Well, it sounds
1: like what you experience in Texas is more aligned with what your vision for success is. I
0: think that's what it is. That's just more what it is. There you go. Yeah.
1: That's it. Well, I'm glad as hell that you came to Austin. Because without that, I wouldn't have met you.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> Aw. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, where are the best places for listeners to find you and your music online?
0: Right now, KiraNovaMusic.com, K-E-I-R-A-N-O-V-A-Music.com. It's my website. I've got a song I did with my friend Ron from the uh, Free Nationals, Anderson Packham, Free Nationals. My boys went to school with him, uh, good people. And Ron is like my one of my best friends. So I did, a, I did a track to, a song to, wrote a song to one of his tracks. So that'll be on the website. It's called Make Me, it's a real R&B vibes. I got a song, my dance song, Glow in the Dark will be coming out. That's the one you guys should look out for in a couple weeks. That one's going to be on Spotify. Oh, excuse me. SoundCloud. Uh, we'll do a YouTube video and, of course, Instagram. Just be a quick promo video for that. And then I'll have some more R&B vibes Unheard Of will be coming out. So that's going to have a live band, some like, real New York Harlem Nights jazz feel. So Ooh. hopefully y'all like that yeah that's going to be on the website too so as of now just kira nova.com music.com and then of course anything with kaleidoscopes is everywhere and anything <laughs> you'll find us on youtube and all that fun stuff i'm also on youtube as well doing some other stuff if you want to just type in
1: fantastic well thank you so much i'm so glad that we finally got to do this interview i know me too I'm so excited to share your story so thank you, this is a big honor
0: thank you, it's really like an honor for me I'm, I feel so, uh, I'm like blushing <laughs>
1: <laughs> please check the show notes for links to find Kira Nova's music and the Kaleidoscope's music social media links and all that fun stuff one last thing before you go today and I promise I'll keep it quick there are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. If you approach creating music as having a small business of your own, how would that change the way you evaluate opportunities or risks or investments? What kinds of things would you put more energy or money into or less? Thanks for listening stay safe.